poetry is such a good way to say hard things without having to share all the details to someone. And so it's freeing in that you can open up a little bit of yourself without having to be like, wow, look at my whole mess. Welcome to the Live Your Art Podcast. Casual conversations with creative individuals to help you unchain your inner artist. My name is Theo Zagragan. I'm a creativity coach, artist, and director, and I am on a mission to uncover the hidden keys to thriving as a creative. So join me on this journey to discover how you too can live your art. Oh my goodness. Guys, we are at episode number 11 of the Live Your Art podcast. How crazy is that? 11 weeks in. Thank you so much for following along on the journey. And for those of you who are new here, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's great to have you. I've got a little announcement to make. I've recently opened up a handful of spots for an hour-long coaching session with your boy, specifically around creative dreams that you've got. So if you've got a creative yearning, something that you want to start, a project that you have been wanting to get to but just can't seem to make the time for or can't seem to follow through on or can't seem to just bring into the world, hit me up, link in the show notes, let's make it happen. Take advantage while you still can. Anyhow, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to our 11th guest, on the show today, party people, put your hands together for Claire Thiessen. Claire is a writer, poet, and founder of Broke Press, a small book publishing press located in Vernon, British Columbia, Canada. Broke Press produces chapbooks and poetry zines by both emerging and established Canadian writers using a mix of modern and traditional bookmaking processes. The company is currently operated solely by Claire, who acts as an editor, designer, and bookmaker. And she is also in the process of writing a series of her own poems called Tiger Poems, within which she explores themes of trauma, consumption, and abuse. In this conversation, we dive into the power of words to influence others, overcoming writer's block, and writing as a means of emotional healing and self-discovery. And oh boy, chatting with Claire was such a vibe. So, without further ado, I introduce to you, Claire Thiessen. Woo! Hey! Hello, How's it going? Hello, hello. Phenomenal. Good. How are you? I'm freaking tired. <laughs> I feel but, you. <laughs> but I'm surviving. We yeah. like to hear that. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Holy macaroni. Wow. What an honor to like finally meet you face to face. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Likewise. Okay. Well, Claire, I'd love to hear uh, a little bit about Broke Press and kind of what that is, how you started it, what you do, why you do it. Just a little intro on, on you and, and what you do. Okay. So <laughs> I took a program in university, a writing and publishing program that I just finished like a, a year 
ago, a year and a half ago, right when COVID was starting. So whenever that was, that I just finished it then. So it was a two-year program. And uh, I started that program because I'm a writer. And so I was interested in that aspect of it. Um, and I still love writing, but definitely through that, <laughs> I wouldn't say my hopes of being a writer were dashed because like, I definitely knew going into it that like, there's very slim chances of making money as a writer, unless you're willing to write like advertisements, basically, which rather not do that. Or like shitty TV series, which I actually would love to do. I think that would be an awesome job. But <laughs> so I, I went into it like for the writing aspect. And through that program, I guess my focus shifted more towards the publishing side of things. Because books are like, the number one love of my life. Like, they're the one thing I literally could not live without is books. And so, yeah, just fell in love with the process of making books, making art actually, like, find an audience in the world. That's how I started. And I don't remember the next part of your question. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's super dope. So then you finish the program, mm -hmm. right? How do, you, um, how do you end up making this choice to be like, you know what? I'm going to start making books. I'm going to start publishing books. Like how did that, how did that idea form into like an actual reality, I guess? Mm -hmm. Well, so I make um, chat books through Broke Press, which is a really easy intro into the publishing world because anyone who has access to a printer essentially can make a chat book. Like it's very low stakes. So through my program, I learned more about the world of chat books and how this is like a branch of Canadian literature is chapbook publishing and there are presses in Canada who like that's all they do is mm. publish these tiny little like anywhere between 12 and 36 page little creations right and so through my program I learned about this art of the chapbook and was like oh my god I can do that like I don't mm. need to I don't need to have fancy equipment to make little things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it was definitely like the accessibility and then I just tried it <laughs> and I liked it and yeah I think I'm getting I'm getting good at it slowly with practice so like a, a chat book I've, I've never even like heard of what that is okay. before most um, people haven't yeah so I guess how do you describe what that is and I guess what's it good at communicating or what's what what purpose does it serve mm -hmm. for a writer a creator um etc mm -hmm. so a chapbook is a small book but in like a bigger paperback book there'll be multiple signatures of a book so each signature in a book is a group of like 44 ish pages mm. and traditionally those were each stitched, each 44 page clump was stitched together. And then those were all glued together by the spine, right? And that's what gets you this big, thick, hardcover book, which nice now- meaty book. Exactly. <laughs> which now like book. paperbacks are usually just glued together. They don't have a signature um, style anymore. And so a chapbook is one signature length of a book. So it has one single stitch binding that anyone can make. So they can range between like usually 12 and 44 pages. That's as big as a chapbook can be. So a lot of poetry, 
a lot of short stories, one act plays, and not so much like a ro- like a romance novel. Like right, yeah, would yeah. never be published in that form. Mm. Yeah, and I think what a chapbook communicates differently than a normal paperback or a normal length book. Usually, their themes are very concise, especially in poetry. So because you maybe only have 12 poems in this little book, there's going to be like a big bang for your buck with these poems. And they're all going to be about like a certain theme really honed in Mm -hmm. rather than a 50 page manuscript that kind of dabbles in a lot of things. Right. Which is not necessarily bad, but they're just like, it's just a different, a different way of doing it. Right. Yeah, totally. Like that, that limit of pages really does force force the creator to really focus on one theme or idea mm-hmm. um, really intensely. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So like that, that creative limitation ends up becoming um, an opportunity to direct the creative process, mm-hmm. I guess. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I also love it, that form of publishing because there's such a range of quality. Um, because you like literally you could type out a manuscript and print it and freaking staple that shit together and you've got a chat book right or you could make it with old-fashioned printing press operation and there's a lot of that too so I love the the range of super low quality crappy materials to like really high art form right right yeah so I'd love to like take a step back and just talk about writing for a minute. Writing's really cool too. Cause like, on, like, you know, I do a lot of art things. I do video, mm-hmm. I do photography, I do painting, drawing, all this stuff. And I just recently got into writing, like very mm-hmm. recently. And um, what I find so beautiful about writing is you can completely construct a world in someone's head, unlike anything, any other medium. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I show you a photograph, I'm like, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. This is the art. But with words, you can create whatever you want so vividly without mm-hmm. having to go out and shoot anything, without having to like put a brush or anything. It's, yeah. it's really incredible. And, and I think the other interesting thing about writing that I like and I find very um, freeing in it, and I know a lot of writers don't like this about writing, but I love how your meaning in writing is so interpreted by the reader Mm. and so what I write could mean something totally different to a person reading it than what I intended it to mean which Mm. I think a lot of writers find limits them but I think it's kind of beautiful that like someone's words can totally take a whole different life for them Mm. than it did for the writer Mm. Mm. it's very fluid yeah. That interpretation of writing. Poetry is my main genre. Mm. And I think with poetry too, that's like, can be even more amplified, that fluidity, because it's kind of a pared down genre. Um, there's less words, there's less explanations often. And so meaning is so opened up in poetry, mm-hmm. what something can mean. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I, I love writing poetry too. Mm-hmm. What... Uh... I guess, what got you into that? Because poetry, it's, you know. It's a scary word. I, I don't know many people that, like, write poetry. You 
<laughs> it's not something cool you brag about to your friends. That's for sure. I, I wrote poetry. <laughs> Self-proclaimed poets, no big deal. <laughs> but I've, I like anything with writing. I feel like reading is what introduces it to you. Mm. And I have been reading since I was like forever I've been consuming books right Right. and I read way more as a kid than I even do now like oh my god thinking back to how much writing I consumed as a child is amazing to me and I wish I had that capacity as an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but definitely like it would have had to have been reading Mm -hmm. and I can't even think of a book or anything I think as a teenager kind of um I was introduced to Charles Bukowski's poetry, which is a super classic, like, oh, it's so edgy and raw, and he feels things and writes about them, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I still totally vibe with Charles Bukowski, because I think, like, I love that he um, was not afraid to say controversial things, um, yeah, in really, and he wasn't afraid to write about really ugly, gross things, that turned into art, which is very interesting to me. But I think as a teenager, probably being introduced to Charles Bukowski was what was like, oh, like, I can write things maybe for more than fun, if I want. <laughs> yeah. 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 What introduced you to writing? Um, what introduced me to writing? I just recently got into it. Mm-hmm. Like, very recently. Like, it, it was, how do I put this? I had this idea. Basically, I went through this very intense journey to get to where I am, where Mm -hmm. after I dropped out of university the first time, (laughs) um, back in 2018, like January 2018, like I was in biomedical science, got a straight A's, straight A plus actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I achieved that and I bragged about it, to on Facebook and I posted the status it um it made me feel like more empty than I'd ever felt in my entire life Mm -hmm. and I realized in that moment that I'd been living my life entirely just trying to be like this perfect archetype of of the ideal man or ideal son or ideal you know like that kind of thing and realizing that led me on this crazy journey around the world and meeting people and art and all this, uh, all this stuff. And when COVID hit, it made me realize that I'd pretty much, I'd lived an entire book Hmm. like since that moment. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to tell that story because just, just how happy I was, despite the fact that the world was falling apart. I was like, wow, I've lived a really good life Mm -hmm. and I'm still living a really good life because of what I learned from that journey. And yeah, so that was my introduction to writing. Hmm. Like words are so powerful to me. Mm. Like the fact that, you know, I was so influenced along my path by the books I was reading and the stories Mm -hmm. I was being told um, or, you know, the fact that, through podcasts and conversation, like the one I'm having with you, I was able to learn so much from that. Um, 
and recently I just started learning Spanish. Mm. So I'm I'm currently doing the Duolingo thing. Yeah. I'm on a 202 day streak. No That's biggie. pretty good for Duolingo, man. 202 the days. The first I ever made was like 35. No. So <laughs> I just had to throw that in there as a subtle flex, uh, you know. But so that's my so I know I know French. I can speak French. I can speak English, and now I'm learning Spanish. And what I'm realizing as I'm learning Spanish is that words and language, ultimately, on a more meta perspective is like these words are just pointing to something these Mm -hmm. words are just like a roadmap to get you to understand something understand an Mm -hmm. idea understand an emotion understand a concept and if you can get really good at using words then you can really influence people's minds and their perception Mm -hmm. the way that they go about their lives especially if you use a narrative, yeah. you know, like stories are so mm. connected to our emotions and our, our experience. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say here is like the use of words is so influential. Yeah. Well, I mean, religion is really the use of words to tell a story, mm-hmm. right? And people live their lives around that. Mm-hmm. Propaganda is words used to convince people to do something. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about the word. Our human brain just like yeah. sucks right onto that. Yeah, absolutely. And just hearing hearing you talking about like the fact that you're helping people express their words, what they have to say to the world, like share their ideas, like that is such a powerful process. Mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge like the, the work that you're doing. Like that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to say like, what do you have to say? You know, like <laughs> you, you said you haven't been writing in a while and I'm like, yeah. well shit. Like <laughs> why not? Like I, 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 like I, like I know why not, but also mm-hmm. I'm like, shit, I would love to hear kind of like your perspective on things, I guess. Hmm. Well, I know there's been like times I'm very much like a ebb and flow kind of creator. Like mm. I know a lot of, oh, actually I totally heard you listen or heard you talk about this on your earlier podcast, like the whole idea of quantity over quantity mm. or quality. Yeah, quanti- quantity, quantity over, over quality, quality or the other way, depending yeah. on how people yeah. look at it. Right. What's your perspective on that? It depends what medium I'm working in. Mm. I think as a publisher, absolutely always quality over quantity, always quality over quantity. I'm working with someone else's art and I do not take that lightly at all that this is someone else's words. And so I want to publish it and design it and produce it in a chapbook that looks the best that I can make it. Mm. So I'll like never, I would never go for quantity over quality when Mm. working with someone else's work. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of respect for them, like totally. Then for myself as a creator, it depends a lot on my intentions with my work. Mm. So if I'm writing as a form of um, self-expression and just kind of for catharsis, I guess, mm-hmm. then pff, I'll write as much as I want. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. then I can totally see the the quantity over quality. Um, But I think when it's something that's really important to me or I have a really specific vision 
for a project, then I'll take the quality over quantity route. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes a lot with like um, my obsession over like the technical aspects of things sometimes mm -hmm. is that technically I want it to be very, very good. <laughs> mm. Right. So, yeah. Right. So it depends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It, it absolutely does. And you pointed out a really important nuance that I realized I didn't make in those episodes is like, I feel you like, if, if I'm doing work for another person, like a client, mm -hmm. I'm not doing quantity over quality yeah. kind of story. Yeah. Like when it, when it's working with someone else, absolutely. I'm going to do the best to make this thing perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect for you. Yeah. Cause it's their art. Um, mm -hmm. I think the perspective I have with quantity over quality is more of a quantity of actually time put into working mm -hmm. more of like showing up every day yeah rather than quantity of things produced mm -hmm. more of a like like for instance when I'm writing um at the start of the year I was writing I sat down an hour a day diligently mm -hmm. every single day for like 40 days and you know some days I made shit work mm -hmm. but I wrote way more good work than I would have if I had just been focused on just writing good work like if I had just mm -hmm. been like when inspiration strikes me, I will write this perfect mm -hmm. piece. I sat down without an expectation of like, whether or not it's going to be good. I just, I just wrote. Yeah. And once I started writing, then the shit spewed out of me. And then eventually some good stuff came out. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It's like, yeah. kind of like unclogging your creative pipes. Just like, yeah. so it can flow well, out of you. And that's really interesting. There's this, um, there's this poet, who I've become friends with, he is kind of like a local legend in the Okanagan. Um, he's an <laughs> old guy. His name's John Lent, and he's written a jillion books and won a bunch of awards, but he was um, our region's poet laureate for a while. Mm. And so I've become friends with him in the past couple of years through writing and publishing things. And he worked on a project that is totally, like, is so much reminding me of what you're saying now. And his thing was each morning, he would wake up really early before his um, wife woke up and he would just sit at his computer and he would write and he would write. And this is so interesting to me. He would write until he wrote something that surprised him. Mm. Yeah. And so he wouldn't care about what he was writing, but when he found something, a line, a concept, whatever, an idea, a connection that surprised him, mm. then he would kind of stop and think that over and take that piece that surprised him into his bigger, better project, if that mm. makes sense, and kind of shove away all the old weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that has really stuck with me in my writing. I'm like, mm. whew, like that's an interesting way to look at projects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately you're, you're always showing up. Mm -hmm. right and you're you're bound to get something mm -hmm. right how, how yeah. sick is that wow that's fascinating i know i know that idea i was like damn john you are a smart man you're a, you're a, you're a gosh darn genius john you, you've been doing this a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's another thing quantity over quality right like you just mm -hmm. if you do it enough you're gonna figure out things that work for you mm -hmm. right like if you just keep showing up you'll you'll end end up figuring it out yeah right um, so I'm curious, have you read The Artist's Way before? No, I haven't. 
You would dig this book, yo. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, this is a huge recommendation. I, like, honestly, to our listeners, too, The Artist's <laughs> Way by Julia Cameron. This is, like, my number one book, and it's, I think it's especially good for writers. Like, it's, it's great for any creative person, but, like, in here, she, um, she outlines, like, this habit that I've been doing every single day since a long-ass time ago that's just changed mm -hmm. everything for me. It's called Morning Pages. Have you ever mm. heard of Morning Pages before? No. Concept behind it, every single morning, no questions asked, no matter how you feel, you take your notebook and you write three pages. You just mm. write. You just fill it with any, anything, any shit, anything is in your head, any like critical thoughts you have, any ideas you have, literally anything, you just fill three pages. And this process, what I've found through it, is that that is the way that I've been able to like basically just get out of my own way and creativity in any form. Mm. Because when I start my day with just like, I'm allowed to say whatever the fuck I want to say, and I'm just going to spew it out on the page. That is the unclogging thing that I, I mentioned earlier. Like it mm. allows for this flow um, of ideas and thoughts without the critical like thoughts in my brain getting in the way of what I, what I yeah. have to say. And I think like, a lot of creative people, we get so blocked because we want to do things so correctly. Mm, mm -hmm. And then as a result, we don't end up like writing anything or like painting anything or yeah. drawing anything because we're like, no, I need to do it the right way. Yeah. But what that process has really showed me is like to embrace the imperfection of everything. Mm. So I, I really recommend it. And I recommend picking up that book. I, and I think that's a challenge I needed. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, I'm very, and my writing process is super um, cerebral and, and not as emotional, maybe. And so a lot of times if I have an idea for a poem or I think of a line or a concept, I will, like, stew on it in my brain for so long. And I'll just think about this one idea and think about connections to it. And so my writing is very, like, in my brain and I mm -hmm. come up with a draft totally in my brain before I ever put it wow. on paper. Yeah. And I think it would help me probably to come up with more ideas <laughs> <laughs> if I try, if I try anything on paper first. Right. And yeah. then I can go to my stewing process for a yeah. while, but yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Very interesting. I know it's weird. And I always find it weird talking to other writers who are yeah like I write every day I write every day all this time and I'm like man it sounds like hard work <laughs> I write every day too but like in my brain and less mm. on paper all right yeah but like my question to you would be like why why not get it out why not look at it I I think it's I think it's the perfectionism in me mm. and it's that I need to like get it a certain way in my mm. brain first before I look right. at it. Interesting. But, mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> weird. I've never, I haven't talked to anyone. I'm sure there are other people who write like that, but I have yet to find someone. Word. But I would like to find them and talk to them about it. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening to the podcast and you write the same way as Claire, hit her up on Instagram. Please talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Help me know I'm not alone. Oh man. I'm sure you're not alone, Claire. I'm sure yeah. you're not alone. Yo, I would love to hear about like your work. Like what are some, what are some projects that 
you've loved that you've made and tell us a bit about them. Right now I'm working on this one series of poems that is very mm, personal and I think that's maybe why I haven't been writing so much is that it is uh, very emotional to write about it and so it's hard mm. to write about it when you're like, oh, I need to go to work soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Totally, totally. Like, um, but I, and three of them were just published in a literary journal, journal out of Victoria, but it's called Tiger Poems, and it's about trauma and mm. consumption and kind of using this idea of a tiger as an abusive figure mm. and how that trauma consumes you. And so that is a project I'm really excited about and I'm really proud of how they've been turning out um, and that a journal paid me to publish them. That was cool too. <laughs> Some of them, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so that is, is one project I'm working on and I'm hoping one day I'll be able to find a home to publish them, hopefully as a chapbook because I don't think it'll be a long series, probably mm -hmm. 10 or 12 poems. But yeah, it's, it's about um, trauma and abuse from my own personal experiences of of being exploited but also a greater look at that world mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. i can only imagine that writing something like that would be very much like an exploration of yourself mm. or of totally. your experience and you know I, I think another really cool thing about writing or creating in general is the, the process of like discovery of yourself through mm -hmm. what you're making has has that been the case for you with this project? Like, is mm -hmm. it kind of like you're asking a question, you're trying to find answers, or what? What mm -hmm. what is that approach like? I think a lot of people who write about trauma experience it as sort of a way to process it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a way that is a little bit removed from yourself, mm. so you can look at it instead of feeling it all the time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just. Like this particular project has definitely been a way to process and heal a little bit while also making something beautiful that I'm proud of, right? Mm -hmm. And it's totally that, and artists, that's like our job is <laughs> kind of to take horrible things and try to scrounge goodness out of them. What a beautiful job we have, huh? Mm -hmm. Can be a lot of pressure, but and it can it's be good too. painful. Yeah. In the past, have you, have you written about this kind of stuff before? Or is this kind of like a new territory for you? Well, I think I've always written about like hard things. Mm. And, you know, um, my experiences with mental illness and um, grief and things like that. Because I think poetry is such a good way to say hard things without having to share all the details to someone. Mm. Right? And so it's freeing in that you can open up a little bit of yourself without having to be like, wow, look at my whole mess. And so it's, it's healing in that, in these little pieces, you can just let a little bit of the pain out at a time mm -hmm. in a way that is soft. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. And that also resonates with people. Mm -hmm. Shows and people that's that part of the, the healing I think is when yeah someone reads your work and they're like oh my god this is like you're totally getting how I'm feeling or how I dealt with this problem in my life or whatever right yeah. so it really connects mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. it shows the the writer and the reader that they're not alone mm -hmm. in their yeah. experience yeah 
that's an incredible, incredibly powerful thing that words mm-hmm. can do. If you were to um, talk to someone who is interested in writing poetry or mm-hmm. is curious about maybe using it as a form of self-exploration or something like that, someone younger than you that, that doesn't have the experience that you have. Oh, yes, because I have years so of, much experience. Years of wisdom and... <laughs> And <laughs> I'm only 21, guys. I don't have much experience here. It's okay. No, but like, it, you know, if, 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 you know, but at the end of the day, like you've, you've been writing a lot more than most people have, right? Mm-hmm. And you've written more poetry than most people have. And what would you say to like, maybe even just a younger you? Always read more, read more of the things that you want to write and read more writing that challenges you mm. and introduces you to things that you would never want to write. Because I think you'll get inspiration from the things that are easy for you to read, but you'll also be really challenged by different styles and topics. Mm. And it'll open your world up to different kinds of writing. Mm. Yeah. So I would definitely, like, looking back, I would say, like, Claire, you should have read more different things at a younger age. <laughs> right. Like, what, what were you reading and what, should, what, what could you have been reading? One thing that I always, I never have ever in my life liked the fantasy genre Mm. ever and I think that was because I was like well fantasy can't happen in real life so why would I waste my time but looking back on it I'm like damn I wish I had grown to like fantasy more because I think it would have given me more ideas Mm. like it just would have opened my world up to more metaphorical ideas and thinking Mm. that you know fantasy doesn't necessarily mean this person actually thinks dragons are reals but if these dra- dragons like stand for something to a character or whatever, right? Right. And so definitely, I w- I wish I had read more because uh, mm. as I keep reading, it just gets harder to try to read fantasy. <laughs> 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 and you got your whole life to read more stuff too. Heck yeah! That's what I always figure. I'm like, there's always more time to read more books. And there's infinite books to read. Oh my goodness! Right? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness yeah. for books, writing, mm-hmm. self-expression, art, people like you who help us express <laughs> our voice. Oh, I'm trying my best, man. No, it's dope. I think it's super sick. Cool. Yeah. Are there any other like things you'd like to share with the Live Your Art listeners? Um, y'all should follow me on Instagram and Twitter. The Broke Press. Um, you know, check out my website, brand new website. It's looking clean. It's looking sharp. Order some chat books. Get ready for this summer. I'm pumping out some great content. I'm very excited for it. Heck yeah. Talk your talk. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Give me a motherfucking follow, people. God Help damn. Get famous as a publisher. Help Wouldn't that be cool? As a publisher and a writer and just <laughs> a human being, yo. Someone's got to be famous. That's facts. It might as well be Claire. <laughs> so give her a goddamn Claire. follow. <laughs> Oh man, Claire, thank you so much for hopping on. Thank was, you for having me, a pleasure. Been a, been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, all right, I'm gonna stop recording now. All right, cool. <laughs> Party people, you heard Claire. Go give her a gosh darn follow. <laughs> the link to Claire's Instagram, to Broke Press's Instagram and Broke Press's website are all in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. If you want to get your book, a chapbook, a zine, something published, make sure to hit her up. 
Anyhow, if you found some value in this episode, if you dug it and you had a good time with me and Claire, make sure to give this podcast a share. That rhymed. Love to, love to hear that. Why not, people? Why the heck not, right? Anyhow, this has been Theo's Gregan. I am an artist, creativity coach, and director. If you are interested in working with me, make sure to head on over to my Instagram. You can DM me or you can click the link in the show notes to chat with me about coaching. Anyhow, that is everything for me today. I'm wishing you all the best. I will see you soon for the next episode of the Live Your Art Podcast. Take care, much love, keep creating, live your art, baby. Woo freaking hoo!